podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the show that brings you untapped business ideas from successful entrepreneurs. My name is Chris Justin, and I'm here with Ethan Jenny. Ethan, how's it going today? It's going pretty great, man. I'm, uh, time zones are on my mind because we're recording. You and I are early in the morning, and our guest today is, is later in the evening. So. Not too early. It's 9 a.m. here. <laughs> Michael's is oh, speaking to us from here. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guy, you wake up at like 4 a.m. Sometimes. Don't huh? make you judgments don't... about what's early and what's not. Let's just say we all have our different clocks. <laughs> I know, but you're a guy who likes to get up and at it early in the day. You, you did your crazy like running five miles every four hours. Yeah, right. There thing. You go. So like, yeah. <laughs> Tell us so, about Michael, though. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about our guest today. So his name is Michael Bereslavsky, and he's the founder and CEO of Domain Magnet, which is a micro-private equity firm that acquires and operates online businesses. And since he's so well-versed in online businesses because of his existing profession, he's going to bring us an idea related to that. Welcome to the program, Michael. Hi, Chris and Aidan. Glad to be here. Yeah, excited to talk through this idea here, obviously, with your experience at Domain Magnate, not Magnet. Did I say Magnet? Uh, I don't know. It was unclear, but Domain Magnate. <laughs> I meant to say Magnet. <laughs> Magneto, <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think you're well poised to talk through this idea online business marketplace. There are plenty of, of them available right now. We'll talk through exactly what that is. It's a huge opportunity. Companies like Empire Flippers, Shopify Exchange Marketplace are doing this, Flippa. Why does the world need another online business marketplace? So there is different online businesses and you might have a successful and profitable online business. And if you want to sell it, where would you go? So you would go and post it for sale on one of those marketplaces like Empire Flippers. But what I'm proposing is a marketplace that solves another problem, not a problem of selling and buying a property, uh, an online business, but problem that right now there are many investors, there are thousands and thousands of investors looking to acquire an online business, but they don't have the skills to operate a business. Let's say they would acquire a content website that generates some income from, from affiliate offers, but they don't know how to manage it, so they want to invest in it. And they want to find someone who would be able to operate that business and also someone who would be able to help them do the due diligence and make sure that everything is uh, proper with, uh, with the numbers and then to operate and grow it. And so that marketplace would allow the investors to find an operator, connect with an operator, have them work together to acquire a deal and, and grow the business. I mean, even as someone who's done business online, I've, I've thought about buying a different business, but it does sound kind of intimidating. And it, it, I worry about getting myself in too deep, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can run this, this business that, you know, has like a online drop shipping, you know, shoes or something like that, right? And then, oh, man, what if I step in and there's a lot of stuff that gets out of control or I you know, lose key employees or I don't know how to market properly or whatever it is, or I just don't have a plan for growth? Because um, you know, why would you buy a business if you're not going to do something you know, 
significant with it. Um, so I, I think that's very interesting a place to connect these type of people. Yeah. So it's a way of bringing an operator together with an investor and then they go separately and, and find a, an opportunity to acquire and build. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So right now you, you can buy an, a, a profitable online business for an average of something like three times the annual profit, right? So let's say you want to invest $100,000. You can expect to buy a business that's earning about thirty, thirty-five thousand dollars in profit annually. But the thing is, and I've seen that happen so many times, people go and they look at the marketplace, they find a deal, they buy a business, and then they just don't know what to do with it. And a couple of months later, they forget to renew the hosting bill, or they forget to renew the domain name, and it's just gone completely. And it happens so often. And this is one of the easiest things to manage, of course, just renewing things. Thinking through this, it seems like it might be harder to find a good operator, someone that you trust, than it would be to find the money. It seems that, like there's tons of cash out there. People are looking yeah. for investments. Stock market is super, uh, super high right now. So that part seems easy to me. How do you find a good operator? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why you need a well-run marketplace where you would be able to uh, to have new people maybe take on some smaller projects. Let's say someone wants to buy a very small site, so someone would, would be operating it, and they get some feedbacks. Kind of the same way you do on freelance websites, right? Have you have you ever used Upwork or Freelancer.com? You probably have. Then that's how it works. If, if someone is new, they do some small projects, they get some feedbacks, then they do bigger projects, and then later on, once we're ready to take on a bigger project, uh, you would be able to see that they have like 15 different feedbacks and they're all positive and they have a whole history and there is a set of skills and they can really showcase a few uh, examples. If someone were doing 15, if they have completed 15 deals or they've got 15 pieces of feedback, even if they were smaller, would they not then have enough capital themselves to be able to do this? Uh, without an investor? Well, I can tell you from personal experience. So we've been in this business for about for more than 15 years now and, and, and buying and managing and, and selling different businesses like that. And we've only started working with investors about three years ago, like three, three and a half years ago, because what, what I've realized is that we, we've accumulated quite a bit of capital. So we could have, of course, uh, continued buying deals directly but it's it's limited so you can only handle so many deals at the same time and then if you want to increase your capacity you you have to like grow very quickly so it's kind of a slow growth gotcha so it's a means of scaling for you yeah so like you let's say you can afford a ten thousand dollar business to buy but you you want to buy a million dollar business you that would take way too long and that makes sense from an operator standpoint because their time is limited. So if they want to leverage their returns to work on a much larger business, they may need that outside capital. I know. I, I, I Chris and I have been on our own journeys of operating our own businesses, uh, consultancies, whatever. And, and this process of scaling is something that we've dealt with on our own levels. But I, I often hear these issues that people have. Oh, I was operating a $100,000 a year revenue business 
And then I wanted to scale to a million dollar revenue your business. And like, I had to think completely differently. Like it was a whole different scenario. Right. Um, and so, you know, this, this idea we just raised of, oh, I can operate a hundred thousand dollar business. So why don't I get investors and, uh, and operate a million dollar business and everybody will make out better. It, it depends on the business model. If it's a content business, and we are talking about something like an affiliate blog or a, or an informational website with with product reviews. There is not so much difference because a hundred thousand dollar website and, and a million dollar website revenue, it's kind of similar. You just have more content. You'll probably have more writers, more revenues, like more different things you can more levers to pull to improve things. But overall, if you manage the hundred thousand dollar business quite successfully you'll probably be be good at managing a million dollar business mm. but if we look at other models for example a SaaS business or a software business that could be different like a million dollar revenue SaaS project if it's a million dollar in in, in mrr arr recurring yeah. revenue like that's already a business that big funds would be looking to buy at some crazy multiples so so it's sort of scales differently for different business models yeah and do you recommend by the way you know sometimes there's people people see they think there's an advantage and we, we talked about it a little bit with this upwork example of kind of starting small like working your way up until you get to the bigger things um, but oftentimes when people get into that kind of a mindset they miss out on the fact that they're not learning about the other levels of the process right by starting small and maybe it takes them longer than if they were to jump to a higher level and i'm curious if you have any sort of recommendations based on experience of like yeah should people start small like should they start with like a, a website they can buy for ten thousand dollars or maybe actually just like anything that's cheaper they might be wasting some of their time buying something that's cheaper and they could be getting investors or waiting to save up a little bit more money and buying a business that that's uh, a little bit more substantial yeah, that's, that's a really good question. I think the, the optimal way to do it is a combination of kind of starting small and staying a little bit at that smaller level until you feel more comfortable and then kind of doing a jump. So, so it's like a combination of uh, kind of jumping, but also kind of going slowly, right? Right. Get your feet wet so you get the basics down, but, but don't, don't hang out in, in the, in the, in the small pond too long. Yeah. Once you, you you learn to swim, you, you can go to the, the big boys' pool. <laughs> Let's shift. Uh, we're talking here about people who are looking to buy their own business. Let's shift a little bit to the focus of someone who may be wanting to start this business of helping others buy their own business. I'm thinking about people who are in position to invest, folks like doctors. I, I've heard of several who will buy uh, a subway chain or a commercial real estate or uh, things like that in order to to leverage their money. And uh, those would be a perfect target market for trying to convince them to come to this platform and invest in, in uh, growing an online business. Again, I'm stuck on this idea of uh, how do we find the operators? And you have some ideas of, uh, of getting started, manually making some connections, if if someone were to try and do this without the experience that you have, though, at Domain Magnate, I imagine that you know you would have much of a head start. But if you didn't have that head start, how would you start making these connections? I mean, I, we've we've brought this up before, 
as a strategy for getting into a, and I'm going to keep using this word domain now just because it makes sense, but for getting into a domain, you know, you could be either attend like conferences, either live conferences or online conferences where it's, you know, the topic is buying and selling businesses, right? And then you can probably meet those connections when you're networking in those such scenarios. Even better, like next level, maybe you can host conventions or conferences um, online or offline that uh, or a meetup group or whatever where you're going to bring all these people into the same place just by the nature of doing it and you get the added bonus if you're organizing it or running it um, that you're started to be seen as an expert you know before too long you know i think the objective to that objection to that is that oh hey but now you have to learn how to be a event organizer right <laughs> but i think in general Something like event organizing is a little bit easier to access um, in terms of jumping in without a lot of expertise, um, just kind of knowing who to call and bring into the project. And what's kind of nice is it's a cross-domain skill that you can apply to other <laughs> domains. <laughs> Every time I say domain, now I'm just, <laughs> just cracking yeah. up. But anyways, it's a, it's a cross-domain skill that you can apply to any niche that you're going to be in. Niche. There we go. We'll talk about niches. <laughs> <laughs> any niche you want to be in, you could become an organizer, uh, organizer of events and conferences and things like this. You could even start a podcast, right? You could start a podcast where you have, you know, business operators on and investors, right? Be a great way to get started connecting people. Another approach that comes to mind for me is setting up a deal with recruiters where you can poach top high flyers from some top companies. Like if you're a product manager at Amazon, for example, and you want to have your own thing, be more entrepreneurial minded, maybe you serve as an operator for us. Yeah. And there's, there's this book, I probably mentioned it before on the podcast called The Last Safe Investment. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool book uh, written by Michael Ellsberg um, and co-authored uh, with another guy. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, both, both really cool guys. But the whole book is about all these skills that you can build, that you can invest in, that have you know, optimal value, you know, like you can learn how to like mop the floor and clean a toilet. Great. I mean, that'll build your character, but it's not necessarily something you can leverage into multiple places, but these things like networking or hosting events or, you know, communication skills and things like this, those are the things you can invest in and your, your upside potential is a lot, a lot higher. The downside's uh, quite minimal. Okay. So we've started our podcast or we've, uh, We've started our event around this and we start meeting people. And then, of course, the next step is to start connecting them. Like, how, how are we going to manage this like first connection that we make? Are we going to try to broker this connection? Are we going to try to take a cut? Um, are we just going to do it for the learning experience um, and just do it for goodwill and just hope that it works out? Well, definitely not that. That's not in the spirit of the Robert podcast, right? <laughs> well, uh, no, I mean, you no, I would say I would say there there can be a lot of value like if you're if if you just want to gain experience, right, to doing something free of charge, right, to building your reputation in your name, yeah, uh, you know, maybe it's not free in terms of getting paid. Maybe you collect a testimonial, right, like from the two people that you connected, and they say, "Oh man, you got to go to, you know, you got to go to Chris because he's the connector. He just got me this, you know, million dollar business deal, and now I'm I'm operating, and I feel really great. Yeah, I'm an investor. I feel really great. This is working out." And then you leverage that 
you know, how to the next next step. But yeah, Chris, exactly. tell Leveraging me how we can something we... tell me how we can drain our our new friends of of their cash as well. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> you're growing the pie for everyone, right? That's the entire yeah. point. Is it's not you're not uh, taking slices for yourself and taking things. You're, uh, yeah, I, I think that there is a way that it can be mutually beneficial. People don't have time to sift through candidates. If you have a ton of cash, you're a doctor, and, and you want to invest in something, you don't have time to go find an operator. You don't have time to find a business in the most, uh, for the most part. So they end up investing in commercial real estate or buying a subway instead. So yeah, I think that What's... taking some money to to uh, help them find the operator and find the business opportunity what, nothing wrong with that what's this I, we we talked about it on a on a way back episode this there's like a website that's all for doctors who you know want to be financially savvy and make investments yeah what white coat investor yeah white coat investor. investor right exactly yeah that's a yeah. resource you could connect with but you could also sort of build a similar brand um that's all about you know it's not just general investments it's like you know the doctor uh, e-commerce guru or something like that, right? And then start building a brand and connecting people around that. That sounds like a great affiliate relationship right there. I'm sure the white coat investor would be very happy. You know, he's already got an email list and lots of assets connected with, you know, individuals who are looking for investments. If you bring him something good that his following is going to like, connect them with these operators and solve that problem. It sounds great. Yeah, I, I know for a fact that that he does that. Um, can't state the financial terms <laughs> that he does, but it's it's reasonable. Um, it's a reasonable payout. So I'm I'm gonna bring back this recruiting angle because I think that would be faster than starting a podcast or going to events and trying to find operators here. It's probably more expensive, but if you can get the doctor to finance it <laughs> or to to pay that part of the cut for the recruiter, then you can probably set this up quicker than trying to build up a brand and a podcast and all that to, to find these operators. So that would be, that's a horse so, that I'm going to choose to go on. Yeah. So like, just to clarify, so I'll go find a recruiter who think they would be good at finding operators, right? That would be like the first step. And then, yeah, yeah you can even have a conversation with them and say, you know, are you going to be good at finding operators? Okay. Yes. You're very confident. Okay. Great. Like how much do you think it'll cost to find a good operator? Okay. That's how much it's going to cost. Once you get all that information, right? Now you know the cost and, you know, this person's confident. You start, you trust, you know, what they're selling. Yeah. All you have to do is then go to the uh, investor and basically tell them how much it's going to cost. You can add uh, a cut for yourself. Or again, if you want to, you know, start small and, and just make sure that, it happens, right? And knowing that you're going to move on maybe without the recruiter in the future or whatever, or lower their, their margins. And it's nice because it's what's nice about it is you have a set price that you're trying to get from that investor, right, for the services. And, uh, and if they don't bite on that price, then you either got to sell them differently or forget it. Like it's a bad business idea. <laughs> well, the other thing with it is recruiters are often used to being paid out over time. They may take a cut of the first of the employee salary for 12 months or whatever it is. And maybe they're not getting a cut of the salary in this case, but they're getting a cut of business profits for 12 months. That could be appealing to a recruiter who wants to be more entrepreneurial and e-minded as well. You could also 
And I think that the best is if you build a platform and you could start small, you could just make it a closed group uh, so you don't have to develop a lot of software in the beginning. But eventually, like having a platform that connects people and then you can promote it and build a brand around it and people will just come and join. Yeah, I think that's true. You got to kickstart that though. How do you kickstart that platform? Yeah, that's probably the hard part. You have to probably do it manually, find some operators, just a couple, find some investors, maybe do do the first few deals manually and then add it to the platform or just start with a big advertising campaign or partner with some existing uh, people that have big communities to help drive yeah. the traffic. That's what I was going to say. If you, if you create a platform and, you know, you you connect with people that have communities right, where they're willing to shoot out an email that says, hey, there's this new platform going on. Uh, check it out, right? Maybe, again, you can establish some sort of affiliate uh, relationship if these people become paying users or once they close their first deal, we'll send you back a cut, you know, after they sign up. Uh, with our service that's definitely been a theme that i've seen throughout lots of businesses is like go where the customers already are and don't don't try to find them yourself go to the person that's already done all the work to find those those particular clients i'm I'm looking down the line at churn thinking about churn i don't think that there'd be a lot of churn on the investor side but i do think that there would be a significant amount of churn on the operator side where an operator might do a couple deals with us and then go off and do something else. So you'd have to find this steady influx of operators. You guys agree with me that that about churn for those two groups? I never agree with you, Chris. (laughs) Just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, And investors, you know, that's their whole thing. They don't want to have to, they don't want each new business they own to contribute materially to their, uh, to their time suck whatever you know and so they're going to try to keep investing more and more and and make their time more efficient the operators you know maybe those are the people that just kind of really enjoy operating a business right so you can't operate too many businesses at the same time i'm wondering if there are companies out there who are focused on grooming ceos and (laughs) like an apprenticeship model where you're just you follow the CEO. It's called and business you... school. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not <laughs> real world experience, right? But you could get good. Yeah. But I mean, you might find some higher ca- MBAs. Yeah, you might. I mean, I think I haven't been to business school and I've heard the rumors. Do you know what I mean? I don't, but I think like what you get in business school is like a training about how businesses work. And oftentimes I, I kind of feel like it's less entrepreneurial, like start your own business, although some people do that and more you know, the logistics of how to operate a business, to be honest, right? That's what kind of business schools tend to tend to focus on. And so, yeah, even though somebody might not have real world experience, it might be the perfect candidate, right? Because um, like you said, there's going to be an unlimited supply of business school graduates, right? So at least you'll have someone that has the basic knowledge to get started and uh, hi- get, get them from some of these higher tier universities and at least they'll have you know the intelligence and, and motivation to to get get rolling and do a good job so i have another strategy um, that i think michael would actually have some input on um, you could find an existing business that has a similar audience or clientele or focus or whatever and you could buy it 
right? And then <laughs> you could leverage uh, the audience of that business to kind of build it in the direction that you want to go. So maybe somebody's got an online business marketplace, right? Like who needs another online business marketplace, right? Well, maybe somebody thought that they <laughs> that there needed to be one, but it's not working out too well, but they've got some good, you know, paying users and a list of people, right? And so you buy that business and you say, okay, I'm not going to focus on the sort of online business marketplace aspect. I'm going to go in the recruiting the talent, right? To manage the businesses aspect and focus on that part of it. So that could be interesting. Have you seen a lot of that, Michael? Like people making this decision to buy businesses to sort of leverage the Really, a lot of times it's the kind of list of people that it has. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, can we go even more meta and like be the investor and hire an operator <laughs> of this business that we haven't started yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you could you could buy you could buy the business that has the clientele. Ask you know an operator to join with the the sort of long-term game plan hey we're going to take this business and we're going to turn it into this business like do you want to join in for for the party come on board let's do it yeah and then the other question you would you would need to answer is how do you monetize it and there is of course a few options probably the easiest is just charging a percentage fee from each transaction right and what do we think about what are typical percentages are we talking 20 25 or 5 or 10 or somewhere in the middle well the the online marketplaces now charge about 15%, so it's like 10 to 15 for something like Empire Flippers. And and we are just the marketplace to, to connect <laughs> operators and investors, so we probably have to charge less. I'm smiling over here because <laughs> this is just like... There's been times in my life where I get excited and I go on like these online business marketplaces and I think, oh, I could buy a business. Like this would be interesting, right? And I'm like getting excited about it now and I'm all <laughs> thinking about all the other things that are on my schedule, like in my calendar. And I'm like, no, Ethan, you're not going to buy an online business right now. <laughs> but it's just a thousand dollars. It'll be easy. Like just it's, get your feet wet. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Right. And it's easy. <laughs> and, and you get to, and you get to, you get to own a new business. Mm -hmm. Maybe Chris and I should do it together. We should pick like a good one that has some compliment to run with it. And then uh I feel like you're gonna put me in as the operator. <laughs> you're gonna be like the, <laughs> there you go, man. That's your master plan. I found right? the that's operator. Like, <laughs> you, you just told me how you have no time to do anything. <laughs> like, maybe yeah. I'll go in and No, we can hire Chris. the yeah. operator together. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you can get like a, a podcasting company. Yeah. Well actually to be honest, it's interesting. I never thought about this before. You know, we we haven't gone too deep on run with it with a website. Like, you know, we have kind of a standard website. We don't create individual posts or anything like that. But there's probably somebody who has a website that, you know, has affiliate links and products for entrepreneurs, you know, or whatever, you know, stuff like that. And maybe they're kind of getting tired of running it or whatever. And instead of yeah. building a website, right, we could buy a website that already has users and income and things like that. And then you know, sort of convert it to the run with it brand. And that's our website, right? And then Chris can be the operator and I'll be <laughs> You'll the sit back, uh, sit profiteer. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Now, speaking of buying websites, I think that's a, a great time to transition to talk a little bit about what you do, Michael, for your full-time uh, full work. So tell us about Domain Magnet. 
we are a micro private equity firm, so we, we raise capital, we raise funds, we operate different businesses for investors. Currently, we are in process of raising our third fund, and we also have different services for individual investors who kind of want us to go and buy them a specific business and operate it for them. So what's the best way for a listener to get involved? Is it to become an investor with you or? Yeah, for investors, we currently only accept accredited investors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if they are looking to invest, of course, they are are welcome to visit domainmagnate.com or domainmagnatecapital.com for our new website, the Mm -hmm. new fund. Uh, yeah, people who have a business who who are looking to sell it directly, uh, if they don't want to go with the, with the whole process with brokers and marketplaces, we are welcome to come and submit it to us uh, so we can review and potentially send them a direct offer as well. Yeah, super interesting. All right, Michael, I know that it's getting late where you are in Chiang Mai. Appreciate the conversation here. Thanks for talking through this idea with us. Anywhere else that you'd like to send listeners to connect with you personally? You shared some uh, some websites, but uh, is that the best place for them to find you? Yeah, welcome to email me directly at michael at domainmagnet.com or follow me on Facebook. And uh, yeah, thanks, Chris and Nathan. It was a pleasure to talk to you. It was actually quite an interesting uh, conversation. Now I am thinking about maybe we should do it ourselves why, why did i just share this idea with, with the world? <laughs> that's perfect that's it. we hit our goal <laughs> <laughs> well it's been fun good chatting with you and enjoy your evening talk to you later the podcast hosting for the run with it podcast is provided by transistor.fm They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.